Good morning. So good to see each one of you this morning. We've gathered here into the house of the Lord. And here in this house, there's joy, there's peace, there's comfort. God's Spirit is here with us this morning. He's present and He's here to uh, engage with us. We're here to worship Him, tell Him how much we love Him and thank Him. So I invite you to stand as we worship the God who was and worship the God who is. solution for our problems even before we ask. Yet when we ask, it opens our eyes and understanding to be able to see you work, to pay attention to you. Father, that's what we want to do this morning. Open our ears and our spiritual understanding to hear from you, to hear from your word and to grow. 
And Lord, as we worship You and prepare our hearts, we want to first acknowledge You as the giver of all things, and we want to give back to You the first fruits of that which You've given to us. Lord, we know we can never repay what You've provided. But God, we want to honor You with what You've provided, a portion of it. And we, we thank You for this. May You bless it and use it for Your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name, Amen.
Thing 
going to be getting a, beginning a new series. Uh, it's a four-week series, Word of God Speak, and we're going to be taking a look at answering the question, does God speak, and how do we listen to the voice of God? And then next week we'll take a look at how do we listen to the voice of the shepherd? And then after that, then we're going to take a look at how do we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit? And then our last study is going to be how do we here from the written Word of God, and taking a look at, at understanding and hearing God. Have you ever heard God speak to you? Some say yes, some say no, and you know, there's this, this quandary that unbelievers have, and not too many months ago, there was a, 
television host that mocked Vice President Mike Pence for saying that he talks to God and that he hears God talking to him. This host went on to berate him and say that he's mentally ill, that God doesn't speak, and anyone who hears the voice needs to be checked into a mental institution. Now, you look at that, how many of you guys would have a new home? <laughs> you think about that. But unbelievers, and even some believers, they wonder, does God speak and how does God speak? Pew Research, as a result of this, came out with a poll of 5,000 American adults. And out of the 5,000 American adults, 75% of those polls said that they talked to God, and 28% of those polled said that God talks to them. Similarly, Guidepost magazine conducted a survey of 3,000 people, and when asked if they heard the voice of God, 68% were certain that they heard the voice of God, 22% unsure, and a third of them heard an audible voice within that. And there's a lot of confusion about how God talks. And some people would say, well, I've never heard God talk to me. My hope is that at the end of this series, that you will not only know that God talks to you, that you will not only know that God has a voice, but you'll understand the different dimensions and modes by which God speaks within that. And then I thought, well, if God speaks, and if he speaks in an audible voice, what does God sound like? Then I thought, well, maybe this. Cecil B. DeMille made a movie in 1956 called The Ten Commandments. Is this what God sounds like? Moses, I am here. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Does God sound like that? I didn't know that God spoke in King James English. <laughs> Can you imagine God giving to Moses all of Leviticus talking that slow? Be like, come on, God, get with it. Well, within this, I doubt that God's voice sounds like that. What do we know about hearing the voice of God? Well, a couple of things. It can be hard to hear the voice of God. And not everybody will hear the voice of God or hear the voice of God the same way. God will choose to speak to some and he will choose not to speak to others. And he'll choose the mode and the means by which he speaks as it pertains to the individual and the message that's there. And hearing the voice of God, learning to hear the voice of God requires discipline. You have to learn to listen to the voice of God. It is something that, that you need to practice, as we'll discuss in, in our message this morning. And ultimately, those that practice the presence of God are going to hear the voice of God. Because it really begins with this, this practicing the presence of God within this, and then you'll understand the bulk of our message this morning is going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. After we've got the premise for God speaking, we're going to take a look at an example of how someone learned to listen to the voice of God. I'm going to ask you to stand as we read our text this morning. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. It's the account of Samuel, who is now being initiated as the prophet. As a young boy, it says, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli, and a word from the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. 
And it happened at that time, as Eli was lying down in his place, now his eyesight had begun to grow dim and he couldn't see well, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark was, and that the Lord called Samuel and said, here I am. And then he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. He said, I didn't call, lie back down. And so he went and he lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know that the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again for a third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And then Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel went and lay down in his place. And then the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. God, may you speak to our hearts this morning as we are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. may be seated. So the first thing that we have to understand and we have to unpack is answering the question, does the living God have a voice? Yes, he does. Absolutely. A lot of people will say, well, you know... God doesn't have a voice. Yes, he does have a voice. The difference between a living God and a dead God is a living God is a living God. Rocket science there. Idols, stones, and those things, they don't have the ability to speak. The living God does have a voice, and we can go to Scripture to prove that. When was the first time that God spoke? Genesis 1. In Genesis 1... All the way from verse 3 to verse 28, the text tells us God said, let there be. An audible voice. God spoke everything into existence. And the power of God's creative speech is declared through all of creation in Genesis. We know that God has this creative voice where God would speak things into place. We also know that God had spoken to Adam after creating Adam in Genesis 1, 27 and 28. And in speaking to Adam, this is a conversation between God, the creator, with man. And he spoke to Adam and he says, you're going to have dominion over all of these things. He gave him verbal instructions. So prior to the fall, God was speaking to Adam and he was speaking to man within this. The second noted communication is recorded between the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. In, first, in Genesis 1.26, where the internal Godhead, the, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Spirit, all have this conversation that's recorded, where they're speaking one to another and said, let us create man in our own image. So they have this conversation amongst each other. And it's recorded. The third noted communication between God and man is recorded in the command that, that man could eat whatever he wanted, but there was one tree that was forbidden. So it was instruction. So we see in Genesis, God has a creative voice. He has a divine voice within the Godhead. And he has an instructive voice that he would give to man the things that he should do and the things he should not do. So he has this voice that speaks within us. God's got a corrective voice, the fourth account. And we, you kind of go through this in Genesis 3. We know in Genesis 3, God had to correct and punish Adam and Eve and Satan within this. In Genesis 3, God initiates the conversation. I think it's notable that the fact that God is the initiator of that conversation, as he has been in Genesis, and he comes to him, and he initiates this conversation with Adam and Eve who are fallen, and he says, where are you? Now, this tells us that God has a voice, and he speaks to Adam and Eve pre-fall, and now God has a voice that speaks to Adam and Eve post-fall. 
And he says, where are you? And he has this conversation with Adam and Eve, and Adam blames the woman and, and, and you know, blames the serpent and you know, blames the tree or the rock or whatever he wants to blame you know, and all these things. Within this, he, he goes down this list and he has this conversation with God about all these things, and God demonstrates also a promise. In Genesis 3.15, God in his audible voice tells Adam, it's not always going to be like this, but that the seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent. Within this, we see Satan being told his outcome within this, this audible voice. And then through the rest of the Old Testament, God is speaking. Do you know just in the Old Testament alone, the, the phrase, God speaks, is over, there's over 4,000 phrases where God is having a conversation with man in the Old Testament. Whether it's your prophet or these other, these other things. God would speak to Noah, to Abraham, to Moses, to priests and prophets. All throughout the Old Testament. So why is it weird that we would think that God would not speak today? God's proven he has a voice. And he speaks and has been speaking since the beginning of time. He gave to Abraham a promise that he would give him a great nation. Can you imagine? Abraham, I want you to leave. Go to, the, go to the place that I'm going to show you. And he gives this huge promise. Audible voice. Abraham says, yes, I'm going to go within this. He gave Moses the law to govern the nation in Mount Sinai. Exodus 33:11. He says, and thus the Lord used to speak to Moses. Note, face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. And when Moses returned to camp, his servant Joshua the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So we look at this conversation. God would have these face-to-face conversations with different people for different reasons. Providing a promise, providing hope, providing direction, providing correction, all of these things within this. Does God have a voice? Absolutely He does. And he, he speaks the same. He doesn't change. God spoke in the beginning exclusively to man. Then God would speak through the priesthood, and then he would speak through the Urim and Thurim, and, and then through the prophets within this. Moses would hear and then convey the message. The, the thing is, God would change the mode from speaking just to an individual, and, and as he would move him through, to speaking to a spokesperson. And so God would select a spokesperson by which he would speak through. And so the prophets, Moses being the first prophet, would receive the word of the Lord face to face as a friend. And then it was his job to disseminate that information throughout all the tribes. That was his role. That was his job. And so God would select these people to do that. And within this, the prophet would hear the voice, convey this message, and the people would be better off to listen if they would listen to the voice of God. You know, we don't have to be a people that wander around this world going, God, what do you want me to do? God, where do you want me to go? God's given us everything and God speaks. Now, in, the, in, in New Testament times, we're going to get to it and we're going to see how God speaks today, but it doesn't mean that God has stopped speaking through individuals that would give his direction. Pastors, missionaries, spokespeople that, are, that would go out and, and, and give that word within this. There were times that God would have an audible voice. There were times that God would speak through angels. There would be times that God would speak through his son Jesus in a pre-incarnation condition called a Christophany where he would send his son and some angels and go have a conversation. And you can study the whole Old Testament, and you can see time and time again where God is initiating conversation time and time and time again with his people. So we shouldn't say God doesn't have a voice. We should not say that God never speaks or God's not speaking to me. Maybe we should say, what do I need to do to listen? If you want to hear God speak, it's a conversation. 
And it's two ways. There needs to be one that's conveying a message, and there needs to be one that hears. You know, as I was prepping this, I was thinking about this, and, and I could spend three weeks on this. But when you take a look at, in the book of Revelation, at the end of every one of the churches that are given an instruction, do you remember the phrase? He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So it's not that God's not speaking. It's mostly that we're not, just not listening. Can you imagine what it would be like if the church today, a church big C, believers all over, would actually learn to listen to the voice of God? You know how much better life would be if we would just learn to listen. I want to warn you, though, you can't put God in a box. You cannot say God only spoke a certain way at a certain time to a certain group of people, and He doesn't do that anymore. Do not put God in a box. God's much bigger than that, and He can do whatever He wants to do. Amen? And so we need, we need to be open to that and to listen to that voice and, and to hear what God is speaking, and He's speaking all the time. So what should we do? We should practice the presence of God. And if we practice the presence of God, then we're going to learn to understand His voice. So what does that really look like? Here in 1 Samuel chapter 3, 1 through 10, we know God's been speaking to the nation of Israel, but He hasn't spoken a long time. There's been a series of things that have been going on. There hasn't been another prophet since Moses. The nation has gone through a series of, 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 of problems. And as a result of that, God decided to be quiet and speak infrequently. Let's take a look at here it, the first couple of verses here. He says, now, in chapter 3, verse 1, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and visions were infrequent. Now, we've got to kind of back up a little bit. Hannah was barren in 1 Samuel chapter 1. She wasn't able to have children. And she prayed and she said, God, would you, would you give me a child? She didn't. She was very downcast. And the Lord gave to her Samuel a son. And she was so overwhelmed with joy that she would raise up Samuel. She would eventually wean him. And then she would offer him or dedicate him back to the Lord at that time and, and within this. But it was a difficult time. God had decided to reestablish this office of the prophet through Samuel, who was chosen by God to follow up after Moses. They haven't had a real prophetic leader, and it showed. When we studied the book of Judges, we, went, we saw the cycles of sin. Do you remember them? It was sin, sorrow, uh, suffering, and then salvation, and they go through a cycle, and then everything was good, and then they'd blow it again, sin, sorrow, suffering, and then God would have to save them again, so on and so forth within this. And the, it was because the people were not listening to God, and God says, if you're not going to listen, then I'm not going to speak for a while. It's going to be quiet. Silence is really a good tool. Have you ever done this with your kids, the disobedient ones? And just sat there and stared at them. It makes them uncomfortable. They want to say, say something, yell at me. And just stare. It's been silent. Eli has not been a very good priest either. He hasn't been disciplining his sons. Israel has been rebellious. As a nation, they weren't in the right place to hear God. You know, it's all about placement. If you want to hear God, you've got to be in the right place. And Israel as a nation was not in the right place. You have to be in the right place to be able to hear God. And the heart of God, He wants to communicate, but He's, he's, he's not going to communicate well. In fact, in Amos chapter 8, verse 11, it shows us what is a blocker of communication. And it's called divine displeasure. In Amos chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, 
when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or of thirst for water, but rather for hearing the words of the Lord. Question. Are we in a spiritual famine today? Yeah, we are. Because many people, including those that name the name of Christ, are living in sin and rebellion. And they push God to the margins. And they're living in a place where God's saying, I'm just not going to talk to you for a while. We're in that famine today. How do we change it? Well, if, you, if you're not hearing the Word of God, if you're not hearing the voice of God, then the first thing you've got to check is the condition of your heart. And are you in the, in the presence of God? Are you in that place? Are you in that place where you can actually hear God? Because God is going to remain silent until you're ready to listen. So, Samuel. Back to Samuel. Young boy, most likely a teenager, a young teenager at this point, through a miraculous birth, Hannah dedicates him to the Lord. In fact, in 1 Samuel 1, 26-28, she said, O oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. For this boy I prayed, and the Lord has given me a petition, and I asked him. So I have also dedicated him to the Lord, as long as he lives, he's dedicated to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there within this. Samuel was dedicated to a Levitical service as an act of a worshiper by a grateful mother who said, God, thank you. Thank you, God, for all that you've done within this. Do you know what Samuel's first job was? Young boy. First message. It's the end of chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Samuel's message that he has to disseminate as a spokesperson for God is judgment and discipline. Note, verses 13 and 14. For I have told him, God speaking to Samuel, that I'm about to judge his house, or to Samuel to Eli, house forever in the iniquity for which he knew, because his sons brought a curse on themselves, and he didn't rebuke them. Therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by the sacrifices forever. Why was God not speaking to Eli? Because he wasn't disciplining his kids. Spiritual leaders are held to a higher standard. And if you're going to be a spiritual leader, you've got to keep your household in order. You've got to keep your children under subjection. You've got to train them and you've got to teach them. Eli was not doing any of that. Eli would be disqualified from leadership and from ministry. In fact, one of the qualifications to be an elder, to be a pastor, to be a leader, Paul would write in 1 Timothy 3, 4, he must be one who manages his own house well. Note, keeping his children under control with all dignity. And so within this, he wasn't doing his job. So the word of the Lord was rare. Visions were rare. God was not speaking. And he says, I'm going to choose another spokesperson. I'm going to go a different way because the priesthood is not working well. I'm going to initiate the office of the prophet within this. And so as Samuel was lying down, you got to know where Samuel was lying down. Next to the ark. He was in the holy place. You know what Samuel's job was? To make sure the lamp of the Lord remained lit. Why? Because that lamp represented the presence of God. Samuel was a young boy. You have one job, buddy. One job. Don't let that light go out. So he's sleeping close to the ark. What was the ark? The ark was in the Holy of Holies and it represented the presence of God. He was in a place of service. And he was in a close place of proximity to where God was. And God initiates this conversation with Samuel. And he called him by name. Now, Samuel had not yet heard the word of the Lord, nor is he given the word of the Lord. He never heard the Lord's voice. And so what did Samuel do? Samuel, 
He gets up and he runs. Where did he run to? Eli. Because he thought who was calling him? Eli. Which tells me that when God speaks, he speaks in a common voice that you could recognize and understand. It wasn't the big booming voice. Samuel. You know, it's so funny how people try to get hyper-spiritual and they change their voice. You know, and so Samuel gets up and he runs. And Samuel, being confused, didn't know how to respond to the voice. I can tell you this, as you are learning to hear the voice of God, when you begin hearing the voice of God, you're going to have some confusion. Was that really God speaking? Or was that just my internal thoughts? Was that, was that really the voice of God, or am I losing my mind? Learning to hear the voice of God takes time, takes practice. But you've got to keep yourself open and vulnerable to be able to hear the voice of God. You've got to put yourself in that place where you can hear the voice of God, where you can hear God speak. And you've got to submit yourself to that voice. One of the things that's super important that you understand is that if you're living in sin, you will not hear the voice of God. Period. Not going to happen. If you're not keeping yourself in the place of worship where your heart's right, you're not going to hear the voice of God. What's the second thing that we need to understand? We've got to submit yourself to the voice of God. After running multiple times, imagine old man Eli. He's in bed and he's tired. It's kind of like every time your kids wake you, you wake you up in the middle of the night, right? They come running in, Mom, Dad, there's a monster under my bed. Go back to bed. There's a monster in my closet. Go back to bed. I'm thirsty. Go back to bed. Samuel's like, I didn't call you. But Eli gets up and he, and, and he runs. It wasn't until the third time that Eli realized that it was God that was speaking directly to him. In fact, in chapter 3, verses 7 through 9, it says this. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again the third time. He arose and went to Eli. Here I am, for you called me. And then Eli, note, discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you stay... Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Is it okay for a mature believer to coach another younger believer in the faith how to hear the voice of the Lord? Yes. That's called discipleship. Eli knew that God would speak, but because Eli was so far removed, it, didn't, it wasn't first thought. But by the third time he came, he says, oh, this is God speaking. Here's how you respond to God. Go and wait. Wait. And if and when God speaks again, calls you out by name, then you engage in that conversation. Be in that place. We need to, to remain in that place. In Jeremiah 7.23 it says this, But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God. And you will be my people. And you will walk in all the way which I command you, that it would be well with you. When we hear the voice of God, we should obey the voice of God, do whatever He calls us to do, and we have this ongoing conversation. But I love the fact that God is the one that initiates the conversation. And guides, and He makes His covenant promise with Israel, and I think by extension us, that if we listen to Him and obey Him, then He will be our God and guide us. And so, what should we do? Silently submit to the place where God can speak. Put yourself in that place. Get to that place where... And, 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 and just be silent. Have you ever met somebody that, that you tried to have a conversation with and they did so much talking you couldn't get a word in edgewise? And you're just sitting there going, are you done yet? 
in our prayer life, do we do all the talking? Do we do, we talk, 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 talk? Amen. What would it be like in your prayer life if you just said, God, I want to sit and be still. Speak to my heart. Clear your mind. Say, God, speak to me. Remove the distractions. Maybe you you sit down and you read a passage of Scripture. And then you say, God, will you speak to me? Take these words that, that have been written and speak to me. And I'm waiting. Practicing silence before God is super helpful. It calms the soul. And it prepares you to listen. And to hear. And to learn to listen. And then, when God speaks, you can check it against His Word to know and to discern. If if, if God tells you something... Check it against the Word. Does it line up with Scripture? Does it line up with what you know? But listen to the voice first within that. We need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and submit yourself to the voice of God. God speaks, but He's going to wait for you to shut up so that He can talk. And if you're so busy, if your life is so full of noise that you got so much going on, you're not going to hear God speak. There's so much clatter going on. And then, when you hear God speak, when you hear His voice, like Samuel, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I'm listening. Within this, I I like the fact that the text here changes a little bit because in the third appearance, when he comes and he says, and the Lord stood. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. Was it a theophany? Was it a cloud? What was it that, that said the Lord stood? We know God is spirit. We know that in a Christophany, that the incarnate person of the Godhead would be Jesus appearing. But we also know that this word stood talks about presence. For example, in Jacob's vision, the account of Jacob's ladder in Genesis 28, 12-13, note it says, And he had a dream, and behold, a ladder was set on the earth, and it's reaching up to the heaven, and behold... The angels of God were ascending and descending. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the land which you lie, I will give it to you and your descendants. Now we know this is a vision, but in the vision, it's depicted as the Lord standing. Well, who is it? And and we're not told clearly who it is. But we know that it's enough of the presence of the Lord that is there that is, that is notably physical and an audible voice. With Moses on Mount Sinai, it says this in 34.5, The Lord descended in a cloud and stood there with him as he called upon the name of the Lord. So we know that the cloud's presence stood there, that presence that was there within that. Don't get hung up on the Lord standing there. Focus on listening. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Pausing and reflecting. And so, within that, he he was coached through Eli what he should do and, and how to respond. And when God speaks, what is always the right answer? Yes, Lord. When God speaks, yes, Lord, is always the right answer. Can you imagine? Think about these words. 
No, Lord. <laughs> How's that going to work for you? He can't be Lord if you're telling him no, because if he's Lord, the answer is always yes. It should always be yes, Lord. But you've got to hear what he says. If you're in a state of confusion, conflict, you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, you don't know how to feel, you're struggling with whatever it is that's going on in your life, God wants to talk to you. He does. But he's waiting for you to sit and listen. And he will speak. But we've got to practice this presence of God in order to be able to hear and understand the voice of God. But there's one more part. The other part is you've got to value the voice of God. You've got to value the voice of God. If you jump down to verse 19 of, of 1 Samuel 3, it says this, Thus Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall. Samuel had heard from the Lord, gave to Eli the judgment that he was going to be judged in, in all of these things. But the key is, we need to have value for the voice of God. We need, and what does that mean? It really means keep yourself dependent upon the voice of God. Notice it says, Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. When you value the voice of God, you are constantly wanting to hear God speak. You, you, you place it at a higher value than anything else. It's his personal relationship. Samuel was empowered to be a prophet. The second prophet after Moses for the nation of Israel within this. God wanted to be able to speak to his people and he had this spokesperson there. And so Samuel obeyed. And he obeyed the message, gave a hard message to Eli. Eli, you're going to be out of a job. So then that begs the question. Do we have prophets today? The answer is yes and no. We don't have the office of the prophet. But we do have the function of prophecy. The office of the prophet in the Old Testament was the singular spokesperson between God and Israel for the purpose of conveying God's message to the nation of Israel. It was a high office that was there and within that function, within that realm. And Understanding that biblical prophecy is this oral message through a mediator to a group on behalf of God. Now we have one mediator, and his name is what? Jesus. So, so the office of the prophet has been replaced by Jesus, but do we have the function of the prophet? The function of the prophet is either foretelling or forthtelling the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. He gave some as apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Note, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, and the third, until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, the goal to, the mature, to a mature man to measure the stature which belong to the fullness of God. In other words, the prophet is the, the function of the prophet isn't the only function of foretelling God's word. It's the pastor, the teacher, the one that's foretelling God's word, the evangelist. They're all doing it. Those are different means and modes in speaking on behalf. And it is all for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry in this foretelling. There's a lot of voices in our world today, isn't there? We need to cancel all of those voices. We need to listen to one voice. We need to listen to God. We need to begin with the Word of God. If you want to hear God speak, let me give you this listening 101. If you want to hear God speak, start with the Bible. Start with the written Word of God. And we're going to get to that. But start here. Don't get all mystical and weird. 
read a passage and say, Word of God, speak. Because we've been given the Word of God. Does God speak outside of this through our spirit? Audibly? Sure. But I'll tell you, the primary purpose, the primary means and mode is, is the Word. In fact, Peter would say this in John six sixty eight. After everybody was leaving, Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. The words of eternal life. We have it here. And so we should always start with the Word of God and we should cherish and obey the Word of God within this. Notice how it says, Samuel grew, the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall. What words? The words of God, not Samuel's. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Done. We cherish the Word of God because the Word of God never fails. We hear the Word of God through the, through the reading of the Word, the voice of God, the Holy Spirit. Now, can God speak in other ways? Yes. I'm not going to put them in a box. But you want to learn to listen to the voice of God? Start here. Practice the presence of God in His Word. And by placing yourself in a position within proximity of the Holy Word of God, you will hear God speak. And He will speak loudly. He will give you what you need to know. Let's pray. God, I thank You. I thank You that You have given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. That we can practice Your presence by being still and know that You are God. We can practice Your presence by being silent in a place where You can hear us. We can, we can hear You speak, but God, there are some things in our lives that maybe block that voice. Perhaps it's sin, unbelief, Lack of faith. God, you're a God who speaks. We need to be a people that listen. And may we hear your words of correction and instruction and encouragement by being in the right place, by submitting to you, by responding the way that we should. May we hear the voice of God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. before the Lord, just, just take a moment and before we leave this room, listen to the voice of God.
speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Whatever God is impressing on your heart. Listen. Obey. It's your conversation with the living God. As we go out this day, may we be hearers and doers. be still and know that you are God. May we practice the presence of God to hear and understand the voice of God. And from there, live lives that honor God. May everything that we say and do, God, make you smile. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. And praise Jesus. Go find your quiet place. Thanks for joining us in the study of God's Word with Pastor Kerry Wacker. We'd love to have you join us in person for worship each Sunday morning at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. We also meet Wednesday nights at 630 p.m. Warren Community Fellowship is located at 56523 Columbia River Highway in Warren, Oregon, between Scapoose and St. Helens. For more information about Warren Community Fellowship or about WCF Ministries, call us at 503-397-4387. And don't forget to like us on Facebook.